I've been talking about Hoffman Boots for a very long time. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of this company. And it's not just the great products that they make. It's the story behind the company and the people that run it. This generational family of shoemakers right here in North Idaho makes some of the best hunting boots and pack boots and lineman boots and all your boot needs right in one place at HoffmanBoots.com. For us hunters, I highly recommend the Explorer. And I don't care if you're running in the 6-inch or the 8-inch or the 10-inch. Personally, I, I love my 8-inch Explorers. They've got the Vibram sole. They are totally waterproof. There's no break-in period. Guys, you can't go wrong with Hoffman Boots because you get all that without breaking the bank. So check them out at HoffmanBoots.com and use promo code all caps lock Huntsman 10 at checkout for 10% off and find out why I have been wearing my Hoffman boots for years and years. Don't be one of those people that have it in their mind that Savage Arms is the same firearms that your grandpa was running around with 40 years ago. It's not. Big game hunting rifles that you can count on. I love my Savage Firearms. I have got the Savage 110 Hunter, uh, and my daughter is uh, pretty happy with this 110, 110 Apex Hunter XP. Um, the AccuTrigger is a really interesting little piece to this firearm, and it's a new piece of technology that uh, if you've never tried one, you should, because it'll make you more accurate. It's it's a much easier, higher quality firearm than anything else I've got out there, and I've, I've got a lot of firearms, guys, and so... If you're in the market for a new hunting rifle, make sure you visit SavageArms.com because I promise you, you're going to find something that is accurate, easy to handle, easy to use, long range, functional, just a high quality weapon that you could take to the field and have a lot of confidence that when the time comes, you've got that Savage backing you up and you're going to be notching a tag. Check it out. SavageArms.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. Thanks, guys. There exists a threat, from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive, and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Tine studio right here in northwest montana where we are getting just absolutely hammered with snow and i'm i'm sick of plowing and so uh it is what it is i guess it's that time of year so guys i did want to mention real quick before i bring the guest on um that i'm not sure if i'm running a hoffman boots ad in in this episode or not but um you guys know I, i tell you all the time i am not just some gear prostitute that'll have anybody sponsor my show and and uh you know if they pay money kind of thing then then i'm good with it uh, I, I i promised you a long time ago that anything i 
I talk about uh, this that is a sponsor on the show is something that I truly believe in. Uh, and I just kind of want to give an extra little shout out to to Hoffman Boots because uh, I, I've I've been wearing those ten inch insulated Mountaineers through this winter, and I get really bad circulation in my feet for some reason. I always have, uh, so my feet are are quick to get cold. This is the first boot. I this is the first winter I've had this particular Mountaineer boot, uh, and it's the first time my feet don't get cold. Whether I'm plowing in the tractor or if I'm sitting in a deer stand, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to give Hoffman an, an extra little shout out there. I don't, I feel like I haven't been giving him enough love on that end because, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just a big fan of these boots. So if you guys, if you guys need some good winter boots, man, uh, check out hoffmanboots.com and save 10%, use promo code Huntsman 10. Uh, and that will get you through this cold, nasty winter. We seem to be going through at least here in Montana and North Idaho. Um, this week, guys, I th- uh, we've had a lot of discussions in the past, uh, kind of centered around self reliance, um, preparedness, homesteading, uh, all these things that um, you know my life is kind of centered around. And I didn't know that you guys had such interest. And I think I've said this on a recent podcast. I, I didn't know the audience had such a a big interest in this side of my life because usually we're talking about hunting and. Uh, the anti-hunting movement and, you know, talking smack about hostile vegans and what whatever else we talk about on this show. But uh, I get a ton of messages about, you know, simple things that we do and some of the things I show on my page and uh, whether it's, you know, cleaning out a chicken coop or, um, you know, whatever, whatever we do here on a, on a homestead. So um, I have been following this guy named Rob Benson on instagram and uh, his instagram handle is at robbie benson and if you guys aren't following him i i'm telling you you need to because he's like the ultimate guru when it comes to um preparedness uh self-reliance supplies emergency scenarios uh on his instagram it says survival plus camp plus homestead uh plus hunt um you know he's got all these rules that break down all these different aspects of self-reliance and being prepared for for all sorts of different bad case or you know worst case scenarios that may come up, and we just live in a crazy world. So I thought it'd be a great idea to get this guy on, and I've been talking to him for like five minutes, and I already really like him. <laughs> so you guys, uh, I think you're in for a good one. So Rob, I appreciate you joining me. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate having me. So I guess I guess the the best way to start this is. Uh, you know, giving everybody just a, a bird's eye overview of who you are, uh, and and we'll just kind of take it from there. Cool. Uh, my name's Rob, and I've taken only cold showers for the last five years. So that's kind of man, you're a nutshell, braver man than me. <laughs> I, you know, we've got so many things in this life that have been catered to make us soft, and I'm not saying I'm a tough guy. I'm just saying everything in my life seems easy. Uh, except for the struggles of having teenagers and all of the things that kind of hit us with finances or whatever it is, running a business. Um, but generally speaking, everything we have is so dumbed down and soft. And I think a lot of the things that I look at in life are, okay, what would make me a little bit stronger, a little bit better? Um, and so I think that's kind of spurred a lot of this type of content that I've been putting out is just looking at things and getting back to probably, you know, I'm 43, probably the stuff that my grandparents and I know, you know, talking to my dad, he's 
you know, had some experiences in relation to having their cattle, having their pigs living off of that, remembering when the TV became a thing in their house and living in a certain way where they're able to sustain life. Whereas I think today, if you were to ask a hundred people, there's probably two or three that could do it. Maybe not even that many. And so, yeah, I guess that's the lead in for why I am doing what I'm, I'm doing is just, I just feel as though there's a lot of little refinement that can be had in society to realize or recognize there's a little bit more to life than playing golf or watching your favorite football team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've been talking about this exact subject for a long time from, you know, and and I just kind of like touch on it here and there, but I, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody articulate what I'm trying to say as well as you just did. (laughs) And, and I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and a big topic in the past has been, you know, we, we deal on this show a lot with the anti-hunting movement and people that are really hostile to this lifestyle of whether it's, it's just a lifestyle of self-reliance or homesteading or hunting Hunting is a is a huge form of self reliance, and uh, you know this ancient lifestyle that hunting is right because hunting isn't like a hobby; it's a it's a lifestyle. You've got to prepare for it. Uh, we we talk about it here on this show year round, whether it's hunting season or not. But one of the biggest things I we, we've we've discussed is, you know, to your point, is we we live in this world where things like you know Facebook and Uber Eats kind of take over our life and and it's made things so easy that it's almost made us especially men come to this place of being very domicile and and sedentary and and so unchallenged with with what uh it used to be to be a a human being on this planet right it's it's just such an easy lifestyle and and obviously first world problems right uh, because there's there's places in the world that that are not like this, but I I look at I look at things like the anti hunting movement and how these people have gotten to this place where they attach themselves to this cause that really has no effect on their personal life, but they they want to push it as as if they're personally offended that we go out and hunt and and we kill things uh, to put in the freezer, and and I wonder if sometimes this super easy super modern sedentary weird place that we we've, we've gotten to in this country and in much of the world has led to these people finding uh, that their life has no real meaning and so they attach themselves to a cause like being against hunting and joining PETA and 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 other organizations like that to to kind of have like this tribal sense of belonging and and that's where a lot of this comes from because it doesn't make sense as humans to be against living off the land and using the resources that are here. What say you on that? So in, I I, I can't help it. I'm going to talk a little bit about COVID. That's okay. It's hard not to on this topic. Well, this is what spurred a lot of, lot of personal angst, I suppose. And it really boils back to in 2020 on a different website, not the buckhorncliffs.com website. Um, I wrote a long, it was, it was May of 2020. I wrote a long post about how where we're headed over the next probably year, maybe a little bit longer is not going to benefit 
people. It's not going to be a good thing. And one of the things I had no financial interest in this even a little bit, and it was to get on to, I, I did it only on TikTok. Um, I got onto TikTok, created content in relation to what I was seeing with the measures that were being taken. All of the things that our government seemed to think was important to put down onto us as if we were just minions in their little government play set. And mm -hmm. I didn't really see that as a benefit to myself, my family, and especially my business at that time, because we were impacted pretty significantly. So I got on, it was very, ended up being very controversial. And my opinion was just let me make decisions for my health, because the people that are telling me what to do with my health are a lot less healthy than I am. So first yes. off, you can't tell me something if you're not living a certain way. And then you get pharma involved. And so over the course of 2020 into 2021, I created a, a TikTok account that blew up pretty big. And I got a pretty big voice on there and it was shut off with no real notice. It was just hmm. cut off. And what was happening is I had individuals that disagreed with what my stance was that had a big audience as well. And what they would do is they would tell their audience, go over here and flag that for misinformation. And so that happened a few times and that account was just completely gone. Wow. So I created another account and that grew pretty quickly. And then that got shut off just the same way. And I'm like, do you know what? There, I had no fine. It's, it's it's one thing if I were like a plant, if I, you know, some organization hired me to go on and say something to explain to people that maybe this was a bad idea and we can go into all those specifics. But as I did that, I realized I've got no pony in the show. There's nothing in this whole scenario right now that I'm acquiring income. I'm acquiring like a better Place. Actually, what my worry was and what happened a few times is customers of our business that have nothing to do with that would find out and say, well, I'm not spending money with you. And it's like, huh, my whole message is let you choose for you. Isn't that a good thing? But it turned out it's not a good thing when you go up against pharma because pharma has 75% of all ad spend on the, on the network television programs all of the news, 75% of all of the revenue that's coming in for those networks are from big pharma. So you're not going to hear it there. You're only going to hear it for people or from people that don't have that pony in that show. But when you do that and it goes against a government narrative, mm -hmm. they just shut you off. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go to what my day-to-day -day life looks like. And I'm going to talk about things to prepare in case of something as simple as a job loss or as difficult to believe could happen as people wanting to hurt us. Yeah. So there's the broad spectrum. And so when someone says you're thinking that something's going to happen, that really isn't going to happen. I want them to understand. It's a lot more important to me that I'm learning skills that I'm becoming more self-reliant and that I can enjoy these things because it's actually really interesting to learn to work with your hands and to understand what ingredients are, what lasts a long time on the shelf, 
what are things that I could do to prepare and protect my family? That's all interesting stuff. That's not, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no waste in that. So all of that under consideration, and I know that's a lot longer answer than maybe you were looking for. No, no, that's perfect. All of that churned into the desire to just go, all right, let's just talk about the things that we can be doing right now when this happens again, because I have no doubt in my mind, being the age that I am, I still hopefully have a lot more time to live. There's going to be something else. Could it be an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse? It could be. I don't think it will be, but I talk about that. Could it be individuals coming across the border right now that want to place a a bomb in the corner of my town and blow it up and it then causes this mass chaos? It could be. Could it be societal unrest where you have people that love Trump and people that love not Biden, but Democrats, and they're going at it, you know, in the streets, <laughs> yeah. whatever that case is, there are so many aspects, not to mention the wars and everything that's going on, but there are so many things that that I think is the reason why there is such a demand for me talking about what I'm talking about is because people, even if you don't watch the news, you know, there's a feeling, there's the heaviness there is. that yeah. there's something brewing. There is. And and I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, Rob, because you're exactly right there. Ten years ago, I like you have a huge Instagram. I'm looking at it. You're almost two hundred and twenty thousand followers. That, that thing is wildly popular. Uh, I see you post these reels. You get all these interactions, hundreds of comments, thousands of likes. All, all this stuff goes on. I I watch it and I, I'm just like, you know, I don't know that that would have been the case ten years ago. But today. We have this, this, like you said, it's like this feeling, you know, this, this, like something is awry. I'm 43 years old as well. And so like, I'm not exactly super long in the tooth, but I, I'm no spring chicken either. And, and, and like, there is something different ever since COVID, uh, in the air. And, and I think, I think you nailed a couple of points. So like things I worry about are, you know, the way it's looking, it, I'm sure it looks like Trump's going to pull this thing off and he's going to win. But there's the other half of this country that hates that idea. What are they going to do about that? What kind of unrest is going to come out of that? Or I I am not in agreement with you that an EMP is is unlikely. There are somewhere in the neighborhood of like uh, several hundred a week that are attempted throughout the world. I, I yeah. don't know what that stat is. I can't, I can't remember. I just heard it recently. I also heard uh, read recently that, you know, we're the power grid to go down, whether it's an EMP or just the fact that we have this really aging power grid. Um, it was like the power grid the, is weak. It's super weak. And uh, the statistical data from some study was, suge- I wish I had all this to reference for folks, but somewhere in the referencing the 90%. Yeah, the ninety percent of people would be dead within how many months was it? Like six? I think it's between nine and twelve months. So no, up between to a year. ninety, yeah, but maybe maybe less than that. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it could, sense. It could be. It makes sense. It de- I, I I would suppose that that depends on if the power grid went out in April or if the power grid went out on Thanksgiving. You, you know, and that I I think that would be a huge determining factor. But the 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 point is is we saw what happened when COVID came out and and we had this weird uh attachment to like as if the government had gone through something like that before and we hadn't 
But the thing is, is, is we have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, nobody had gone through that before. Not the president, not the pharmaceutical companies, not the, not the news media. Nobody had gone through that before. And there was this weird air uh, in the air that was like, you know, just this uncertainty. And it made people a little bit crazy about, you know, the, you saw people buying up all the toilet paper on the shelves, which was like just ludicrous to me. Uh, you know, talk about focusing on the wrong things. But um, now that that sense and that air and that heaviness seems to be deeper than it was even then. And it, from a sense that like I, I fear that there is a bigger thing coming and, and I, I'm not naturally prone to being like I'm not like a conspiracy theorist. I'm not like a tinfoil hat kind of guy. I'm not I'm not a. Uh, I, I, I'm not what, what you would when you you know how people label preppers as this 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 certain extremist kind of personality. That's that's not who I am. But I can tell you right now, uh, even without those things, my family, we can go a year without anything from from anybody. And that's that's how we've set up our life. And I, and I kind of wanted to pick your brain on some of that. Like, I don't even know if that's that's good enough, but um we could go longer uh but but we wouldn't have to do anything for a year if that makes sense uh and, and so what do you see as you know we we've talked about everything from you know maybe just an economic downturn like you were saying uh may, maybe just the the power grid starts going out and and because of that or or some kind of supply issue happens with with oil uh which would shut down our supply chains you know it could be any a, a myriad of things what do you see as like some of the biggest threats or concerns looking forward to the next, you know, 18 months to, I don't know, two or three years. Um, well, there's a lot to talk about on that. And I think starting the, the thing that scares me the most is the HOA effect. And the way that the HOA effect works is the homeowners association for whatever reason and I'm grateful I live up in the mountains and don't have a <laughs> right? homeowners association. Anyone that's listening that's got a homeowners association, I, I, I am sorry. But it's the homeowner association effect where you get a group of people that you've got rules that happen on the county level. And for whatever reason, they think now that I've got a little power, it's the same thing that politicians do on a bigger scale. But now that I got a little power... I don't like that color of that specific house, or I don't like whatever the thing is. I don't think people should have chickens in their yard because what if they have a rooster and it's noisy? All of those things in my mind, you get this mentality. And I and and you and all of us saw this mentality during COVID, where you'd have normally very quiet, shy people feeling as though they had the responsibility to tell a child to put a mask on their face. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I want to do is, is say, just hold on, just hold on. If you're worried about this, go home. Okay. You can order your, there's a lot of things that were going on to make it possible for people to stay home. So that wasn't the problem. The problem is, is people get this Gestapo thing going on this, this, they put on a hat where now this is their morality. This is their reality. Yeah. And now they're going to yeah. push that on other people. And if it gets bad enough, and we saw in 2020 with the George Floyd stuff in Minneapolis, which is where I used to live, not in Minneapolis, but I lived close by and I had an office in downtown Minneapolis. 
And this was a few years back. And in that space, you, I kind of got to know the streets of Minneapolis a little bit. And it's interesting from when I was a child growing up in Minnesota till later on as an adult, how different the feeling was in these bigger cities. And I mm -hmm. believe anyone that's in a bigger city that you will feel the effects of actual chaos way before you or I feel them in our rural settings. So Absolutely. that's my biggest yeah. concern is the HOA Gestapo effect for people that go, my morality says this, I disagree with whatever thing it is that they disagree with. And this isn't, this is really across both political spectrums. Like we were talking about before getting on, I am without question I will never identify as a Republican or as a Democrat. The idea of party politics to me is just one more HOA effect where you've got two groups of people that now say, well, they're terrible. Are they terrible? The other side's not terrible. You're not terrible. But when you start developing this tribal nature, then you feel as though now you have this moral authority and that moral authority is going to turn into people hurting people. Yes. And that's the bigger fear because it does, it's not going to take much. In COVID, one of my businesses, we realized very quickly that we couldn't get specific ingredients and we couldn't get glass jars because of supply chain issues. So mm -hmm. if those supply chain issues for any reason, if, if, a, if a military of another country, if Iran or one of these other countries that really North Korea that don't like what we're doing, I don't think they have the power to do much, but all they have to do is weasel their way into something along the lines of breaking down the supply chain here, an EMP. And when, when we were talking EMPs, the idea that I have that a nuclear EMP blankets the entire nation and we lose everything to me is what's unlikely, but yeah, but yeah, the targeted EMPs are probably a you know, lot they'll, more. They'll likely. shut down. They'll shut down Los Angeles, and and that'll affect the rest of the West, right? And and, and that's you that's shut the down problem. two ports. Oh yeah, one yeah. one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast, and now our reliance that we have on things that are cheaper from other countries, those aren't coming over, and it just takes a little bit of a domino effect to start hitting everything else, and then all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You get the HOA effect. And now these people with their yep. moral superiority are like, you're not supposed to have that. You can't have that. Don't tell me what I can have. And then it's on. See, Man, that to that, me it's is such more likely. A, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I, I It's such a good point, too, that that I, I love the analogy of the HOA effect. and Because I, I, I have my wife and I, I took a job back down in uh, in Utah <laughs> back in, gosh, what was that? 2008-ish, somewhere around there. So we moved down there for a few years. We rented this house that had a real strict HOA and this lady would drive around on a golf cart and she didn't like the way that I cut, you know, when you're putting up a wood fence and you've got the corner posts, they had to be cut at a certain angle to, for design, um, whatever. I, I never noticed. I'm not that detail oriented, you know? And so I put up this fence for the dogs and man, she hammered me on that. And, and, and I, I've never lived in one since, uh, and, and I won't, and I recommend anybody listening to this that is in an HOA to get the hell out of there. But, uh, anyways, uh, to your point, I get man, out of the big cities first. Yes. Yes. Get out of the big I cities. I just don't dude. see the benefit of living, man. You know, I get it. People like the, they like Uber atmosphere. eats. They like Walmart. Sure. They like walking to the, and if they like it, do it, go yeah. for it. I love, yeah. I love that people like different things. If everybody liked the same thing, the world would be so boring. It would be boring. But, you know, to your point that, 
you know, just imagine, imagine the the panic that would ensue if if a port on the west coast and a port on the east coast uh, had that EMP uh, effect, and and it basically would shut down those these ports, and and that would domino effect into other supply chains, and we'd have just all sorts of chaos going on. But I, I love the point that you made. This HO going back to this HOA effect. Uh, what what did you call it? HOA? Uh, I don't really have a. I, the, so there was a word you used. I can't remember. It's just spitting out. We would have to go yeah, back yeah. and look. But we'll, HOA we'll have effect to sounds good. Yeah, I like yeah the HOA yeah. effect where you know just even things like uh, like this vaccine, right? And and the way people would get on this moral high ground over getting this vaccine and. Uh, you know, I don't mind telling everybody I'm not vaccinated and I'll never get vaccinated for COVID. I just it wasn't our thing. We don't we don't take a lot of medication in my family. Uh, we're we're leery about stuff that's brand new and and being shoved down our throats by people that stand to benefit from it, honestly. And, and so uh, and I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. They were all responsible for this. And so um, that 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 moral authority that moral high ground that they would put themselves on like oh you're you're not vaccinated you you're not wearing a mask you're not doing this and that you know i rob i just got over covid like last week and it is the first time i've ever had covid and honestly it was marginally worse than any flu i've ever had and i understand that it is morphed and it is different and and you know th- there's different strains and whatnot but i i just I'm I'm so tired of people who are in no position to lecture me on how to live my life and and take care of my own body and and protect my family are are, are constantly doing that and and I'm I'm over it and and I just I think that that is part of the air that we were talking about that heaviness that we were talking about. There's a lot of contention. There's a lot of uh you know it, I I noticed like social media creates a lot of that and and we don't have to go down that or we talk about that all the time but i i just oh, I, i'm worried I got a thought man. on that for you <laughs> yeah go for it i i've been i haven't done it yet i'm going to be doing a video i'll probably have a video up i don't know when this is this, this podcast is going to go out but um I've been, I've been thinking about this okay i've been thinking about this quite a bit i'm gonna spitball a little bit here you know there's a there's a way that we can actually determine in in a smaller sense, something very, very removed from reality, but yet something that we all deal with. And that is I go to the grocery store and when I go up to the front of the grocery store, I grab my cart and then I go grab all the food items that I need. And I, and I, and I try to really accentuate kindness to the person working there because i know mm-hmm. that most most people don't necessarily want to be there eight yeah. hours today they they would rather be doing something else so first it's that kindness but then that's not really the point i just i want people to get in the mentality it's okay to to not show your feelings okay because everybody now wants to oh this is how i feel today it's like yeah. no one cares how you just be nice to these people but that's yeah. not the point so i get my food i pay i go out to my car and I put the, or my truck and I put the, I put the stuff in, in the truck. And then, you know what I do? I take that cart and I either walk it back inside to the store or I bring it to a cart corral. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit. There's two types of people. There's people that put their cart away and there's people that decide not to put their cart away. And <laughs> I've talked about I'm that about, exact thing. 
I'm about convinced that if there was a breakdown or some societal issue, that the people that don't put their carts away will be the ones that try to stab you in the back. They're the ones that, if there's not a law that tells me specifically not to do that thing, nobody told me that you have to put your cart away. If those people are going to be the ones that we need to look out for. And every time I'm in a parking lot, I'm noticing lots of carts sitting out. So, oh, yeah. So immediately I'm thinking, there's a lot of people that as long as it's not, I'm not going to get in trouble for this, am I? That they will do whatever they want to do to make their life a little easier. And like we started talking about, when everybody's trying to make their life easier, we are just setting ourselves up as a culture to just get sucker punched. Yeah. It's like right around the corner, this soft feeling of, and everyone deserves respect. I don't care if, I don't care what your sexual preferences are. I don't care about anything. Give them respect, but don't demand that I do a thing that I don't believe in. And I won't do a thing or demand a thing from you. Let's be good to each other and have some moral high ground that doesn't need to be spit at people. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, and we've lost that. Do you, where do you think, why, why have we lost that? Because you, that point you made is, is perfect. And I, it's so funny. You use that grocery cart thing. Uh, I think I just, I had a big, I bored my teenagers to death about don't ever be the kind of person that doesn't put your grocery cart away. And, and like, it just drives me bananas when I see, I've even rolled my window down back and out and, and told somebody, you know, what kind of person doesn't put your grocery cart back in the, in the return cart little thing? You know, they, they have those. I am willing, like, man, I am willing to bet um, all the money in the world that there's not a, a man or a woman that's been hunting for 20 years that leaves their cart out. I, I right. Because we, I, I, I couldn't agree you're tearing more. down camp. You're cleaning I, things you're, up. You're making sure there's no embers in the fire. You're ma- you're doing all these things. It's just yeah. a natural, you carry something in, you carry it out. If you kill an animal, you're carrying it out. Nobody's yeah. going to come and be like, Hey, there's a helicopter. That's going to help us bring this meat to the truck. No. Oh, it drives me crazy. You, it, dri- it drives me crazy that, that I, and I, I love your point. And I, I've, I've also another point to that. You know, when, when I'm like hiring, so I'm, if I'm in the hiring process, I'll take somebody to lunch, uh, a candidate for a position and man, I am watching how they treat that waiter or waitress, because that to me, if you don't respect the waiter or waitress, uh, you know, my wife and I, we, we started this life as, as kind of people in the service industry. And, and even if we didn't disrespecting, because you, you've been, I'm sure you've been to a restaurant with somebody and they're just like rude and disrespectful. And, and like, they have this expectation in this, uh, entitlement, going on in the restaurant and they're just rude and, and dismissive to the human being that is serving you. And, and that, that, and that's, I, let me get back to my question. I, this was a way too long of a way to ask you this, but why (laughs) is it that as a society, it, it feels like the, the lack of manners is way out of control and it's it, it is we have these these folks that that don't return their carts or they mistreat the the service staff at a restaurant. How how did we get here? I think we're probably more now than at any point in any of the history that I've ever studied. 
we're in more of an experiment than ever before. And that is, I can get on my computer. So building an, a social audience, you get, you just realize real quickly that there is a lot of psychological work people are going through. Yeah. And when they can get on a keyboard and bah, 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 and rip somebody, like, I don't, like, I, I'm in my forties. I've, I've been through a lot. It doesn't bother me, but these kids, like my kids or any kids that put content out there and they're putting their heart to something. Oh, your face is dumb or whatever. Just somebody yeah. that's just angry. Um, you, you're talking to a kid, like, what are you getting out of doing that? And I think a lot of people are these big, tough keyboard guys. And what we honestly need, and this is this just comes down to the the reality of my response to your question is we need the ability and i'm sorry that this is offensive but we need the ability when you you say something dumb that you should get punched in the face you should feel the pain of getting punched in the face for being a jerk yeah. but we don't have that so when there's no real threat it's like all of these cities where they're having to lock up food behind, in a in a grocery store in a walgreens they're putting stuff behind Less because people are stealing because they're not afraid. If yeah, there's no consequences. There's no consequence. So if there's no consequences on anything, then what are you going to expect from people in general? Yeah. Of course, they're going to have little to no respect for people around them. And and it goes back to what you were kind of starting off and saying about the hunting world. And I think the hunting world has to deal with this a little bit more than most social groups. And that is you have to feel like you have to defend something that is the most natural thing on earth It's going out, mm -hmm. acquiring food. And to, I'm sure you talk about this all the time. I feel like I have this conversation on a weekly basis, but that is when I, and I'm not a good hunter, but when I go out and I harvest an animal and I bring it back, I gave that animal the greatest benefit of that death that they'll ever have because there's no good death in, in the wild. There's no, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. They're going to talk about that a lot. So yeah. much. Yeah. And the idea that we're the ones as hunters, we're the ones putting all the money into the conservation. We're the ones doing all the effort. We're the ones that are looking at maps and figuring out roads and trying to figure out, well, this area, you know, if you've got the Onyx app, you're marking things and you're putting everything in its spot and you're like, okay, name one non hunter that has given willfully or not given as much money to conservation or that understands the natural process of life than anyone that's not a hunter. And I guarantee you won't be able to find it no. unless maybe they're a conservationist that just morally decided they don't want to hunt. And that's fine. That's their thing. That's great. Do that. Yeah. Very few people understand what that is. And the same thing applies to all the food that's manufactured to make soy animals are dying on the fields. Okay. The fact that you think my one cow my 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 steer that I processed last year that I've been eating all year. I eat at least a pound of beef a day. It's just it's like my multivitamin. Oh, absolutely. So every single day I'm eating beef, and it's from one of my highlands. And it was it's sad. I feel sad when I had to load them up into the into the trailer and bring them to the slaughterhouse. It's not a good feeling. I've never enjoyed that. But guess what? That one animal instantly died. And provided meat for me to eat and my family to eat for about seven months. Yeah. How do you beat that? Yeah. I mean, give me one scenario where you can 
make it a better situation. So I can't you, think you, of one. You raise those highlands, huh? Yeah, we've got a couple I, of highlands. I, I might have to pick your brain after we're done recording on 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 the highlands. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, and. You know, it's it's a twofold thing with with the hunting community because we've talked we've talked about that exact topic that you were just saying that you know that there's no better death in nature than from a hunter. You know, I get it. There's 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 mistakes that are made or bad shots that are that are made, uh, and and suffering is created through hunting, and and that's just a reality of it. It always has been and always will be. Uh, but that does not take away from the fact that for the the lion's share, the majority of of these animals that we kill as hunters. Uh, it's way better than starving uh, because we've got four feet of snow on the mountain or getting ripped apart and eaten alive by a pack of wolves, which we have uh, a major problem here where I live with with wolves. And you're about to where you live. Uh, for those who don't know, he's he's uh, here in Fort uh, just out of Fort Collins, Colorado. Right. Did I say that? Get that right. Yep. West of west, west of Fort, west Collins, of Fort yeah. Collins. So, uh, you, you know, actually, you probably already have wolves there. Um, so the, the point you is, know, is uh, you you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I did a video on this with my opinions on who voted for it and not. And it yeah. was, it got a lot of traction and the responses. And I respect, I, I really respect the people that feel the way that they do about this because they just don't have the knowledge. But the idea that it's a beautiful thing to them, that's great. Are you missing the fact that they will rip apart any animal they can get to eat? And why is why are you okay introducing them into this environment? Let's take all the politics out of it altogether. Just yeah. the idea that we know that they're a carnivore. The only way they can survive, and they're beautiful. I think they're beautiful animals. I don't want them around, I, but I think they're beautiful animals. The, the idea that they're this majestic creature that has this, this fair pass to go ahead and rip apart animals senselessly and just devour them. But a hunter can't take a high powered firearm because <laughs> now that's crazy. Like what? What kind of unbalance of nature is that? And you're like, well, because people even realize what yeah, you're arguing. I don't it's even understand. Nuts. Rob, it's like, it's like we're aliens. So we're not allowed to use the resource, but wolves, they're fine. And, and I, I'm telling you like, like it is, it is, the the ballot box biology that happened in the state of Colorado over this wolf issue is uh, because the the problem isn't just that they voted to reintroduce wolves into the habitat the the issue that Colorado has is they are being reintroduced into the landscape without any measure of wildlife management on the wolf itself so like nobody's going to be able to manage these wolves and I'm like you, I, I love having wolves. I, I, I do. I kind of like having them on the landscape. It's it, there is nothing like being out in the back country and hearing these wolves howling. It's the most eerie thing you'll ever hear in your life. It's, it's crazy. And I, you can, I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You feel it. It just rocks your whole world. Uh, you know, in, in a similar, but, but eerie way that like in, when an elk bugles and he's real close and he just knocks the hair back on your head. Well, yeah. if I had more hair, it'd knock back. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, um, the, the this whole idea that people that will have no actual interaction or any effect or any consequence to having wolves on the landscape in Colorado without management, that's going to come back and bite the entire state because it's going to become very contentious like it has here. And 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 the thing is, is here, we have groups that are trying to relist wolves onto the endangered species. 
uh, act mm. and and try to try to put them back on because uh, they they act like wolves are endangered. I'm sorry, we are upwards of around ten times higher than the population objective commanded, and so don't tell mm. me that these wolves are are uh, you know endangered. I drive up these roads, I see the ripped apart moose carcasses that were not there the day before when I was heading up to that same spot to hunt elk that you don't live with the consequences when, when you live in downtown Denver and, and you're sitting there, Oh yeah, it'd be cute to have wolves back. Maybe I'll see them on the news. Maybe I'll see them on a, on a, some documentary and see how majestic and beautiful they are, which they are. The, the issue is the lack of management. You have Colorado has the highest density population of elk in the, in the lower 48. And that is going to be a thing of the past. And, and the, these elk are not going to know how to react to, um, to the wolf and uh the the first thing that's going to happen is is the moose the the they don't know how to react they don't know to be defensive against a pack of wolves they're used to coyotes where they'll just kick them into next week uh and, and that's what happened here we it's it's a major problem and i if you guys are into shooting the copper bullets man i got a great deal for you we have partnered with Barnes Bullets. They are world famous, known for that Vor TX rifle, the deadliest, most accurate hunting loads on the planet. I like this company, guys, because I have a personal connection to these guys. On uh, down in central Utah, uh, my dad's got this ranch, and uh, on the way to the ranch, you drive past this uh, Barnes Bullets factory, and it's it's a really cool building, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So I know them well. These all-copper bullets provide destructive power, double diameter expansion, maximum weight retention, and devastating energy transfer, all with excellent accuracy. It's a great choice for Western big game game hunters and shooters everywhere. So check them out at BarnesBullets.com and let me know what you guys think. I appreciate it. You've heard my Silencer Central ads, I'm sure. And I don't know if you have reached out and contacted them yet. If you're interested in a silencer, though, man, this is the way to go. Silencer Central from the start to finish, because it's quite the process. If you've never gotten a suppressor for one of your rifles, you've got to go through and do the ATF paperwork and the background checks and all that kind of stuff. But the cool part is, is Silencer Central takes care of it all. It's a several-month process, and so what's cool about it is if you don't want to drop all that money right at the top uh, end of this whole process, you just get a hold of them, and you can do like a payment plan while they're taking care of all the paperwork on the back end. I have the Banish 30, uh, and this thing is awesome. I've never used one of these before, so I'm like learning as as I go along, but what I what I was getting at is from start to finish, Silencer Central has been some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with through the process. They treated me like I was family, and I really appreciated it. You guys should check them out, and you can call them at 866-891-4494 or check it out at silencercentral.com. It will be worth your time, I promise. You know, I got a question for you. Yeah, go for it. The reintroduction of wolves in its infancy really doesn't have a huge bearing per se. It has a bearing, but not a huge bearing. But yeah. as they start to have litters, and what's going to happen is what a what do wolves do? They they're not going to go and grab the a beautiful bull that's six years old. They're going to go for these little, little tiny 
newborns and then start decimating that population. So my question, I guess, it sounds like you've got some good insight on this. How, what's the, what's the spread on this? When do we start seeing the numbers actually decline to a point of, oh, I, I can, I can feel it. I can sense it. It's, it's real at this point. Like what, how, do, how would that, so- is it? 10 years? I, is it four years? I think, I think it's going to be super dependent on, on the actual habitat because you've got, you have a much higher elk density than in Colorado than we did in Idaho and Montana. Uh, so, so there is one zone, the Lolo zone in, in the state of Idaho that by, I, I want to say it was 2011. So less than 20 years, that elk population in that, that hunting zone was reduced by 90%. So that's, that's a massive number and you gotta, you gotta remember. So wolves, wolves repopulate at a rate of 40% a year. And so without management, the wolves are going to, they're, they're going to repopulate. They're going to be, you're going to be within the several hundred range within a few years. Each wolf is responsible for roughly 20 dead elk per year or, or large ungulate species. So if you've got a, a pretty, healthy uh, moose population they're they're going to be the first to uh, to to see the impact from it uh and so it's it's not like this is a slow burn this this happens fast it's going to displace the elk the elk are going to be instead of wintering where they've been normally wintering in the state of colorado they're going to end up down on ranchers alfalfa fields and ripping up those fields and then the the uh fish and game agency is going to have to come in and cull the elk to get them off of these farmers fields, especially if they're these, uh, these, these ranchers that do like these organic, um, you know, what do you call that? Basically, you know, just a, an organic organization where they're growing that kind of certifiable organic product. Um, they can easily get the fish and game to come in and wipe these elk off the land. And then those, those elk have nowhere to go. Right. And so it's not, it's not just the 20 elk per year that each wolf kills that is affected. It, it, displaces them for their winter range so fewer of them them make it throughout the winter um and it it you know then the the obviously the predation from the wolves it affects the bears the bears get a lot more aggressive uh like they are here the bears are extremely aggressive uh, w- w- during calving season so these these elk these elk are dropping calves uh late may early june and and the bears are on the hunt man they'll they'll kill uh, there was there was one they had a collared black bear uh, gosh, it took like over 20 elk in a two week time period, uh, calves. Uh, and, and so it just like, and, and it creates, I had an episode with a guy named Dr. Valerius Geist several years ago. He has since passed away. Uh, but he really explained the, the, the issue. And it's something called a predator pit where the wolves come in and they, they significantly reduce the population of the ungulate species, such as deer, elk, moose. And then, um, then the the wolves disperse. They they move on. They go to new new country with where, where the hunting's better. And the bears come in. And what happens is the bears, because they're so effective at at uh, taking fawns and calves in the springtime, they keep that population very low to the point in which it's not mm. growing anymore. And so when it, when a population isn't growing, it's shrinking, and eventually even the bears suffer and they they have nothing left to eat and there's no there there's nothing left it's like a it's it's like a wasteland is what what happens and dr valerius guys proved this through a study that he did years ago and i think it was in like banff national park up in um, canada but anyway it's really destructive and and there's a lot of it, it, it again it's not just a cause and effect 
here's wolves. Now they're killing your elk. There's a lot of other things that happen because of this, uh, such as reduced winter range and everything else and, and other ways that these elk are, are dying because the wolves have displaced them. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And we, I mean, we do, uh, we could do a whole podcast just on the wolf topic, <laughs> but um, I, I had to do a second follow-up video and make one more point when I was explaining uh, my feelings about the introduction. And <laughs> in it, I said, I will not be replying to a single comment. And this is my final. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. I'm done. It's, it's, not, it's not my. It's not my fight. It's just not people. My fight. It, it is super contentious. Any anything wolf wise. Uh, I'm telling you, man. There's people that they just think they're a Disneyland character, and and so if you if you say anything disparagingly about a about a wolf, you, you got to prepare to take the heat because people just have unrealistic uh fantasies as to what these wolves are, yeah. what they require to live. Uh, it's crazy. So. Well, a lot of people read an article and watch a document. I guess there's a documentary that is like, oh, they put wolves in Yellowstone and now Yellowstone's better than it's ever been. And it's, yeah, that's like not true. Your... Yeah, it's not true. Yeah, there, right. I know well, that whole thing's been debunked. It's been debunked, but they saw it and then they read an article and it's just like, now I feel like I'm an expert on this subject and yeah. there's only one answer and it's my opinion. Yeah, oh, exactly. Cool. That's, that, that's just how it rolls, man. And, and, and people will, that, yeah. that's our, that's our problem sometimes, especially in the hunting community. We, people are, 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 you know how people are more prone to write a negative review about a restaurant than a positive review. Sure. Like if, 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 if a restaurant makes somebody mad, man, they are getting online. I'm going to one star this thing to death. And and they were so mean and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, it, it's a lot harder to get people to write good reviews it's similar from a sense that that people that don't know wolves and the realities of of putting wolves on this pillar as if all other species on the landscape don't matter that putting wolves on a pillar is like this some moral good like you know the the folks that were you know to, trying to pump vaccines down our throats and and what whatever the the problem is is it's not you're doing a disservice but they will never go through and actually do the research outside of the propagated information they saw in some random article by a pro-wolf activist. And they'll never go beyond that. So that's their first impression of what wolves are and a fixed Yellowstone. And now the rivers are flowing better and the elk are healthier and blah, blah, blah. All these things that weren't true, they'll never know to go back and look into that and, and, uh, and understand that, you know, that information was put together by these pro-wolf activists that want you to think that wolves are great for the the environment and the landscape and the ecosystem. And they're just not without management. They're not, they're very destructive. That's what we see up here on a daily basis. You know, it's our life. So. Right. Um, it's the yeah. same thing with every vegan documentary on Netflix. I uh, know. <laughs> right. There's, there's some interesting ones on there. Uh, there's some also, but you know, I've noticed something with this, uh, the, this vegan movement. Uh, there's like, a change with that that like people are starting to recognize the the health risks of not eating meat and and the the difficulty that ve- vegans have to um you know just to generally be i don't know I, we don't need to get into this but uh i i've noticed people are starting to really push back on this vegan thing the the growth rate of veganism is is shrinking uh and and they're having a hard time selling this uh this cult of of what is veganism um and I think it's a lot because people are 
kind of tired of, you know, not speaking out again. I don't know. Do you, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I, I've got a lot of opinions on that, but it, I, I think ultimately <laughs> if they, if they want to eat that way, I want them to eat that. Like whatever they just, me too, the man. whole idea that we're policing, but the, yeah. don't come at me and say that animals are not, or, or, or life in general is not having to die for you to eat. It happens. And the idea that, that mm-hmm. some believe that it's not ha- happening. I I've done some writing on monocrop agriculture and it's, there's a lot of benefits, but there's also a lot of drawbacks. And anyone that's saying that I am insert diet here and it happens to be vegan. I am this then you're going to have to take that moral code and say, I'm doing this because I don't like anything with a face to suffer. Okay. I get that. I agree with that. It's, it's, it's not a pleasant thing. Anybody that likes it, you don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to know you if you enjoy killing, um, for the idea of just killing another creature, zero interest in that, but the utility of it, that's a different story. The idea behind monocrop ag is you have all of this habitat that has to get disrupted, you know, whether, so then does it come down to, is a cricket's life not as important as something that's fuzzy or how, like, is it a certain size where you start to decide what life is good and bad? And then now are you just as bad as those evil hunters? Like where, Mm -hmm. but, but that's never discussed that way. And to me, it's, that's the problem I have. But if you want to be a vegetarian or be vegan, Awesome. I would, if, if I could script my diet, I would probably only eat beef, honey, and maybe some blueberries, but I like food and I'm going to eat the other things too. Yeah. Uh, so don't come at me. Yeah. Don't come at me because my, the majority of my diet is beef. That was one animal. And yes, if they're not completely grazing on just the grass or the hay, then you have a point. I'm also using monocrop egg, but it just so happens to be that the cattle that I have those are pets, but they're also my food storage. And a lot of people can't wrap that concept. I, I know the, the, the cattle I have, I've got a heifer. She's not yet bred and she's going too soon. And she's hopefully going to keep doing it for us for a while. And I've got a steer who's completely useless, but he's a, he's my buddy. And I go out there and they're as dumb as any animal could be. They are so stupid, uh, but I love them and they're mine, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when it's the great. day comes. It's great. When the day comes, that is, that is a big part of my preparedness is to have those cattle. Cause we do have grass. It's not great. I've got a neighbor where I'm able to purchase hay. We don't use alfalfa, just hay. So it's just straight grass. Some uh-huh. that's close. There's nothing here that's flat. So it's very difficult. So usually yeah. I have to get something from North park up by Walden or out East where it gets flat. Um, but generally speaking, it's just a field where what kills me is the idea of how many people are mowing their lawns. We could be utilizing that to make beef. You can take useless clippings, you know, which is, uh, we can't utilize and it creates the most energy dense food on planet earth beef, Mm -hmm. um, from the carnitine to the, you just go down the list of all the B vitamins, things that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the flesh of animals, the, the, the protein that is coming from that has specific nutrients that provide things that you have to synthesize in a lab to get, if you're not eating beef. And to me, when you start doing that, 
you're going down a road of things that are not natural. So yeah. please yeah. do what you want, but don't say the way that I live is not natural because I will go toe to toe on every subject that my focus is on. What is the most natural cause and effect? And yeah, raising livestock and hunting seems to me, in my opinion, that's about as natural as it gets. You don't get any healthier than beef and and elk uh, and venison. Venison is oh is better, yeah, yeah, extremely. Yeah. You know, I just feel I just feel energized when when we have venison. We we have a lot of venison around here, and and so our you know it's it's such a I'm like you. I, if somebody wants to be a vegan, I I'm all for it. I, live and let live. You do your thing. Don't force me to do it. And that's the problem that we run into is they want to force us into doing it. It's the same with or the why get issue. mad? Why, why get are you mad? mad at me? Why? Yeah, don't <laughs> do? don't act understand that you are not living a cleaner life as a human, as a vegan, than I am. Like and, and your life is not better for the environment than my life. because uh, I, I promise you, I, I have 15 acres of, of beautiful forested Montana land here, and I take really good care of it. And and I don't care what anybody says, my effect on on nature and the landscape and the environment and the habitat and the ecosystem is nothing but beneficial for future ecosystems. So so this idea that you have some moral high ground over me because you're a vegan is is where I draw the line. And it's the same with that wolf issue, man. I don't mind having wolves in the landscape, but we have to be able to manage them. We have to have a hunting season, trapping season. They have to have a natural built-in fear of humans. It's the same with grizzly bears. We have grizzly bear problem here in the lower 48 because we don't hunt them. They need to be taken off the endangered species list and and uh, have have a few grizzly bears taken each year through a hunting program. That's, that's management, and it gives them a healthy fear of humans, and it keeps them away. It's just all those things. That, this is not like rocket science. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I, I feel like. Some of these folks, uh, they act like their their intellectual uh, understanding on these topics over one video they watched on YouTube ten years ago. When you're is, living it, when I live here, I live with the wolves. <laughs> I see what the wolves do. Surprise! They, I hear them howl from my back deck. Don't tell me no. in downtown no. Denver that you know more about wolves than I do. I don't care if you're a wolf scientist that works at the zoo. You don't live with wolves in the wild because they are way different than the, the, the zoo kept wolves. So, um, can we, we've uh, got wolves. If you have a dog, I mean, it's just a little bit further. Yeah, off, they're but. just, you know, they're just a little, my golden retriever is not as mean as a wolf, but Hey, no, <laughs> they're the same thing. You wouldn't think that you hear him bark. He, he scares, he keeps all the question have, for you. Yeah. What is the, Pardon my ignorance. I I don't I didn't know that there's there's nowhere in the lower 48 you can hunt. And granted, we don't have grizzly. I've never had a grizzly encounter. And to me, that's the scariest creature on planet Earth. Oh yeah, grizzly man. bear. Yeah, uh, grizzlies and mountain lions. question. I yeah. I would rather not have the interaction with both. But if I had to pick, <laughs> I, I would. I don't know. I think I would not. Well, I, just something about it. And it's yeah. maybe from watching The Revenant and growing up, having all, all these <laughs> feelings about like getting ripped apart and living through it, but still it eating you. With that, nowhere, there's not a single place that you can hunt a grizzly? Not in the lower 48. So uh, they're oh. they're listed on the endangered species. And, and here in the northern Rocky Mountain region, you know, Mo- Montana, Wyoming, and, and Idaho... 
they're they're way past what the objective was when they were initially put on the on the endangered species list. This was back, gosh, I can't even remember, late seventies, uh, early eighties, maybe. Um, so they've been on there, and and they they actually were removed from the endangered species list uh, five, six, maybe seven years ago. And Idaho created a hunting season where they allowed one tag to be uh, distributed, and it was like a draw tag. Somebody drew the tag. What? And then, a, then a federal <laughs> judge put an end to it, and they were put basically back <laughs> on the endangered species list. So the thing, the thing that's mind-boggling about that, Rob, is in Alaska they have a much more uh, a much higher grizzly bear rate than than we do here in the lower 48, right? The the northern Rocky sure. Mountain ecosystem, so to speak, or uh, the greater Yellowstone, uh, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I have grizzlies on my property that have come through. Um, but what what happens is the per capita human encounter with grizzly bears in Alaska is lower than it is in the in the uh, lower 48. And they have a lot more bears. So it's it's interesting when you when you break that out into per capita, what what that suggests. And, and this is what like people like Dr. Valerius Geist and other other people that have actually done this for a living have taught me is is these bears avoid humans because they understand that there is a danger in human bear uh encounters right and so it's yeah. the exact same thing like new jersey is is a great example for black bears they're always banning black bear hunting in new jersey and then a few years go by and all of a sudden there's all these black bear negative encounters with humans they're eating their trash they're killing their dogs they're attacking humans and so they bring back a bear season to to try to cull them. But what that does is that also teaches uh, the, these bears to have kind of a, uh, you know, a natural fear of humans and to avoid them. So the encounters go way down uh, up here in, in Idaho. We have uh, in North Idaho there. It's a huge black bear population, but we have very few human encounters with them because we could we could hunt them over bait. We can chase them with hounds. We can spot and stock for bears. And bear meat is is fantastic. Uh, it's a great meat, and we still with all those. It freaks meats, me out. It freaks me out uh, with that. What is it called? Trichin or what is it? Trichinosis. Yeah, yeah. yeah ah, gotta, it scares me. It's the same you thing. Cook you, gotta, it. you gotta cook it just like you do pork. You know, it's just it's 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 a lot like pork. It's all it is. And so, sure. uh, if you if you cook it right, it's it's actually one of my favorite meats. It, it's really good. Really, and, and it's so clean, and it's it's just yeah. like man, you make you make. Uh, breakfast sausage or just like a bear brat or even bear steaks uh into like a steak bite thing or, or whatever it's great meat man it's really really good <laughs> and that's kind of like my family our goal is between our garden and our chickens and we haven't quite we're on the fence with getting cows uh just because we do travel a lot uh and and so we've got a great setup where my my wife she gets uh you know cow or gosh i'm like getting tongue-tied here she gets milk from the neighbor cow and and uh she from that she makes all of our cheese and cottage cheese and sourdough bread and yogurts and uh sandwich bread and all the all these things and it's so good and so good for you um and so it's a great deal we haven't had the motivation to get our own cow because we've got such this great setup with the neighbor and so anyways between that and hunting um our goal is, you know, we want to spend as little time, effort, and money at the grocery store as we can. We want to be as self-reliant yeah. as we can. And it depends on how good of a hunter I am that particular year uh, that, that's going to really balance that out. So, um, 
what is your goal? Uh, because you do this platform, you do, you know, this, everything is, is all self-reliance and, um, pre- you know, preparing and, and stockpiling and, and, and we have a huge stockpile of stuff too. So like for you guys, what's, what's Rob's goal, uh, to be in terms of, you know, self-reliant is there, is there, do you have like that, that laid out? Um, that's a good question about, me, but I'm going to change the question just a little bit to okay. the reason I'm I'm sharing what I'm sharing is twofold. I am, and my apologize if if any if anybody identifies as a crazy prepper. Uh, my <laughs> whole concept behind this is I just those. Generally speaking, those people are not people that I want to associate with. They're the guy that you're coming up his driveway on a whatever, and he pulls the shotgun out, and he's just—it's that—it's that—it's that persona of I'm just so scared of everybody. I'm going to shoot anybody that comes on my property. Yeah, that, yeah. There is that persona that out there, boneheaded, and they're just—and and I've met people over the over the years. They're—they're they're just there's this weird sense that they have of this skewed reality. And I, 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 what I want to do, the whole point of doing the content that I'm doing is to go, listen, this is not a crazy dude at the end of the dirt road. That's going to shoot you. If you're even like three feet from his property line. Okay. This is, we're talking about learning the art of what was yesterday, taking those things and creating a self. And if you watch any of my videos, I usually bring this up inadvertently, but sometimes on purpose, but we're creating a self-managed insurance plan. And what that yeah, means is- Yeah, I, I do see that a lot on your platform, the, the self-managed insurance plan. I really like that. Yeah. And so really the idea of that is, is to just scrape away and go, all these people that are doing it for whatever reasons they have, I don't care about that. The people that I'm reaching out to are people that went, that was weird that in 2020 and then into 2021, the government told my little business to not be open. Or if somebody comes in they have to put something on their face or they have to inject something in my body that's been proven to neither be something that prevented the spread of COVID, which is what they guaranteed us. And Mm -hmm. I've obviously done compilations and posted those videos on previous accounts and in last year. Um, and the second thing is, is it, it also didn't diminish, uh, the death rate, which they promised that it would. And now that's a whole, that's a whole nother debate. And then in addition to that, which I won't go down because I just don't have the knowledge, but what if it's causing harm and it looks like it's causing harm to many people. So you put all those things on the table, go ahead. That, that to me is the most frustrating part because there are several instances where it's, it's known the harm that it's causing, whether it's myocarditis or, or, or however you pronounce that. I probably said it wrong. I'm just a Montana hillbilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just a Montana hillbilly, Rob. Uh, but, you know, and, and other things that, that have happened to people in these mysterious deaths and whatnot. But, but can you find information on it? No. You can't, nobody's reporting on it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody, it's like this hidden hush hush thing. And that's what makes me, when you talk about like the crazy dude at the end of the driveway, who's like wanting to shoot people for coming on. I have neighbors like that, by the way. And, and they are like that, you know, (laughs) we, we, we've all got that neighbor or that uncle or whatever. And, and I'm with you, man. I, I, that is not why I do it. 
But if I were to be driven to that kind of mentality that that guy has at a crazy guy at the end of the drive or uh, dirt road, that's the kind of stuff that puts me there because that's when I start thinking yeah. very distrustingly about the information I'm getting and the government that's that's supposedly looking out for my best interest. And and I, I don't want to be like this real negative downer uh anti-government anti-whatever i i'm like a super friendly guy that just wants to be friends with everybody but what in the hell are they what what are they telling me what why am i not getting the real information and why are they telling me the information i know to be true is misinformation it's that kind of stuff that makes me feel like i'm going like kind of off my rocker (laughs) i won't i won't i'll stay on the rocker but but the messaging is exactly for that. And that's the point. It's to go, listen, I, I'm sitting back here with, and it's just, I'm saying this as a general, all of us, I'm sitting back and I'm kind of watching what's happening and I'm seeing a system. And that system is very simple to see when you're looking at it from, I don't have, this is not, this is not my business. I don't have an outcome to this, but I do know very clearly, and everybody's seeing this, the pharmaceutical industry needs to make money because they make a lot of money and they need to continue Mm -hmm. to make a lot of money. So how do you make a lot of money? It's by having sick people. And it's not like, ooh, a conspiracy. No, you make money if you own a pharmacy, if you own a company that makes pharmacological products. If you are an insurance company and you bill a certain way or only allow a certain type of drug because it's a higher commission for your company, for your insurance company and the managers of those insurance plans, all a lot of people don't have that insight of how that system works. Hey, hey, Rob, I I don't mean to cut you off. I'm going to turn my video off for just a minute to let this internet catch up, but I'm still here. Keep going. Sorry about that. Oh, sure. Internet was breaking up a little bit. It's the Starlink, as much as I want to love it. Um, So all of these individuals, and I think there's many of us, and there's even those that I think are still unwilling to completely admit, but we look at it and go, there's a system here that's going to chug along at the expense of us, whether whether we're like, hey, I had success with this pill or with this treatment. That's fine. That's good. I'm glad that you had that. But that whole industry is not set up to cure the cause of your issue. It's there to cure symptoms. And I, I think of it this way, like I was, I got bit by a brown recluse and the only thing that you can do when you get bit by a brown recluse, and the, the symptoms were weird. I had so many things going on. It was, Oh yeah. They could be nasty, man. It was just a little bit of hell, just like every day was just kind of like something new. Like just for one example, the, my lymph nodes, the basically in my arm here was like guitar strings taut like that. And I couldn't lift my arm, like weird stuff. that was just, you know, venom and that infection that it creates is just going to find the path of least resistance. So just stuff was going on with the infection and everything that kind of happened from it. But with that in mind, there's nothing that's really treatable. You just go in and treat the symptoms. And that's how the entire pharmacological industry is really set up, whether they want to admit it or not. They just go in and go, oh, you've got this symptom. Let's fix that symptom. Well, what about the yeah. root cause of what's causing that symptom? Ah, come back tomorrow. We've got another prescription that we'll be <laughs> launching. 
that'll help with that. So even, I think. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, think, I, I, I'd even go as far, Rob, as saying, you know, there is a connection between the the food industry and like the pharmaceutical industry and you know all this processed food that gives you cancer so that they could produce cancer drugs yeah you know i i just i don't know how far down that rabbit hole i won't i, I would ever want to go or 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 how far i think of it but it is awful convenient that there's like these different industries that feed the other industries and it's like this big cycle like the pharma, the pharmaceutical companies really benefit from these food manufacturers that make just shitty food. Pardon my French, that makes people so unhealthy, wildly. They're diabetic. They're they're getting cancer. They're overweight, cardiac problems, and and all these things that tie into huge benefits for pharmaceutical companies. You know, if people just ate a little bit more natural, like you can identify what's on the plate, right? You know, oh, that's a steak, and that is a vegetable. Yeah, there's nothing unidentifiable with the exception of obviously the steak doesn't look like a cow anymore, right? If people would just focus a little bit closer to the old way of eating and and what what I mean a lot of what the pharmaceutical companies are selling would be out of business. And I I stand by saying that and I just don't know if there's a connection there. Yeah, I don't know if there's a connection there, but I do know there's a connection between the FDA, the NIH, the CDC, oh, yeah. and yep, pharma. Yep. So that's that's it's their funding. It's not like it's a secret. Um, but to put all this kind of to the side, the idea and kind of going back to what we we're talking about, the idea with what I want to do is so many of us that are like, wait a second, um, I'm realizing now that there's a very thin string holding up semblance or this, this reality that we have that we get up and we go get grab a cup of coffee and we, you know, we do our thing. It's just mm -hmm. life will always be this way. My message is I hope so, but just like I try to, I, I don't like going to the gym or going in my garage when it's cold and lifting weights, but I know there's a benefit to that. I don't like, buying car insurance for my teenagers, but I'm glad I've done that because it's come in real handy when they had an issue. <laughs> um, I, I don't, all these things I don't necessarily want to do, but I'm building up a plan because I want to be healthy in 10 years. I want to be able to hike up to you know, from base camp at 10,000 feet, I want to be able to get up to 11,000 feet and then go back and forth at 11,000 feet with a bow in my hand and mm -hmm. not feel like I hate it. That's a terrible feeling. I yeah. want to, I want to have all this stuff. So I have to, it doesn't just come to me. It's like what we talked about starting off in the beginning. I've literally only taken cold showers for, for over five years. It is awful this time of year. I hate it. Cause the pipes yeah. get really cold on the exterior of the house. Yeah, I'll bet. So, it's not like it's much worse because it's coming right out of a well anyway. So it's always kind of consistent. But some days when it's hitting 20 below, those pipes get a little bit closer to 32. <laughs> not all the way, but a little bit closer. But yeah. it's, it's jarring. It's terrible. Um, some days I like it in the summer. There, there are times I get out of the sauna and I get in there. But I do all those things because I'd like to enjoy things in the future. But the benefit and the payoff with prepping or creating a self-managed insurance plan is you're learning 
you love everyone. There's no one that that learns why something works a certain way and goes, oh, I really wish I wouldn't have learned that. That's, mm-hmm. ugh. you know, it's like, no, that's like, everybody's like, man, I love the fact that I now I know how to, I, now I know what sodium bicarbonate is. I just did a video on this today and I can take that, which is baking soda. I can put it with cream of tartar and I can make something that reacts and acid in a base and will be a leavening agent in bread. Little things like that, where you just take this little bit of knowledge and knowing baking soda doesn't go bad. It loses its leavening ability over time. Cream of tartar never goes bad. Cornstarch never goes bad. Honey never goes bad. Salt never goes bad. As long as you store these things correctly, these are all things that most people go, oh my gosh, I've heard that honey's not bad, but I didn't know that about baking soda. And oh my gosh, I can take baking soda to, to fix um, indigestion, or I can brush my teeth with baking soda. Or I can use it to clean my hair, or I can put it in my shoe to absorb the stink, or I can put it in a freezer so it stops the stink inside of something that spilled in the free. Like you just got on the list. Baking soda is one of those things I talk about all the time because a lot of people don't realize there are multitudes of ways. So stock yeah. up on baking soda. When you run out of things, you're going to be able to use that in place of a lot of different things. But oh my gosh, I never knew that. Or do you have a recipe for that thing? So learning these things is exciting and fun, but the but the purpose for, for me for doing what we're doing at home here and for sharing it is to go, you know, this is actually interesting and it's not a bad idea for me to become a little bit more self-reliant, is it? Yeah, no, not at all. I, I think if you had like a suggestion, Rob, for, you know, a lot of people listening to this are going to be, Maybe folks that live in like the suburbs, uh, they don't have the land to maybe cultivate a a good, sustainable annual garden. Um, you know, obviously anybody could grow some tomato plants and and whatnot and have have somewhat of a garden, but um, maybe they don't they don't live in a place where they can they can have chickens or raise cattle, uh, and and just or even the space to uh, you know, I've been in, I've got I've got a, like family members that live in these like 400 square foot apartments. Maybe they're a little bigger. I don't know, but they're like nothing. <laughs> and so do you have like a, a very basis foundational thing that you tell people they should have on hand? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's a time period, be prepared for maybe two weeks without power or, or, or whatever. Um, do you, I, I don't, is this making sense? What I'm asking? Yeah, it does. And my response is going to be disingenuous because of the fact that we purposefully like this, the place that we live now is a lot of acreage. I've got water on the property. It's that flows through. I've got a, yeah, me too. uh, My own septic tank. I've got my own well. I've got things that I purposefully have been mentally preparing for. So it's disingenuous for me to some degree to go, Hey, listen, if you're in this situation, this is what I would do. Cause I, well, I would get out of that situation. So that's the first thing. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. If we're thinking that way, the co- most of the content that I've been pushing out and, and we'll, we're, we're planning on doing a little bit more things that we've done in years past, but never, we've just done them, but never like shared the process of those things. Like you're talking about with gardening, but here's the deal. If you've ever gardened and my dad is an absolute master gardener in Minnesota. And I grew up with big gardens His place now that he's got in Minnesota is a monster garden that he's got fenced in. Uh-huh. But here's the situation with most people that don't understand that art. And that is the yield is very small. And the yield is not only small, but the yield is 
at this specific time of the year. And so you better be really good at figuring out how to use a pressure cooker, how to can it. If you've got a, are lucky enough to have a freeze dryer, which I highly recommend if you've got the money to get it, freeze drying is one of the best options. The dehydrator, figuring out what's the recipe to make the salsa to put in the canister. Or if that meat that I just pressure canned, is that actually good to eat? So those are all questions. And then all that time that's spent, most of my getting the message across is going to be, okay, here are the things with a very long shelf life, and this is what you can expect. And as we move forward, offering more recipes using the things that you have, so it doesn't just sit in your basement or under the bed, but you can actually go, okay, so we bought this one three years ago. That's going to go, it's the first in first out method. So now mm -hmm. I'm going to put something back in and replace it. And then I'm going to get good at these recipes. I'm going to understand how to take these these uh, wheat berries and grind them down and then utilize the baking soda and the cream of tartar that I have because they're good. And then I'm going to put those together and I'm going to make some bread. And then because I've got that bread, I've also got the honey that has an indefinite shelf life. Oh, it got a little bit crystallized, warm it up in some hot water. And then you can put that on the bread. And now Man. you've got your firearm. You've got a three, the one of my recommendations in a video that I did that I, I kind of am leading away against because um, I get shadow banned. And what I notice is like, I'll post one video, it'll go. And then another video where I just like the other day, I, I was holding up a 22 and I was explaining in my, oh, opinion, I saw that one. Yeah. Got a different, everybody's got a different opinion. Um, if you don't know anything about firearms, start with this, look how small it is. There's no recoil. You're going to be comfortable. You're going to mm -hmm. be more confident as you've developed that confidence, then step up to a nine millimeter or whatever. And I'm not a gun guy. I just, I use them as tools. That's not, I know a lot of people that, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know so much about it i oh, know yeah. enough to use most of my listeners like i use my yeah, dewalt they know they know more about firearms than i do i they're they're like and i like, respect that uh, you know i i was really good when i was in the marines with an m16 e2 service rifle other than that right i'm mostly a bow and arrow guy and and uh i'm oh, getting nice. better with rifles though but uh man you're a wealth of information um I, I i love the information that you put out because you put it in like these little nuggets that it's not like have you seen like some of these YouTube videos for things that are like similar to what you're talking about, but yeah. they're like an hour and a half of like droning on about 27 <laughs> different topics. And it's like, man, I just, I, I have like ADD or something. I can't watch that. I I'm not learning anything where yours. I, I like how like just succinct you are with one specific topic. You post real and it's like, man, I actually feel like I got something out of that. And, and that's what is, what is powerful with it. So, um, I, I've kept you for an hour and a half, buddy. I, I, we probably better wrap. I appreciate this up, you but, chatting. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Loved it. tell, tell everybody where they can find you in your platform and, uh, and, and your, tell us a little bit about your website too. So buckhorncliffs.com and the place that you can kind of start everything is I think most people that I've no one actually have an Instagram now. It seems like it's kind of a common yeah, thing. Like I think it. Facebook's kind of dying out a little bit. I think a lot of people have their their reservations about a Chinese owned TikTok and whatever. But if you just go to uh, Robbie Benson, I I wanted to switch over to the Buckhorn Cliffs because I have that. That's the handle on every other social platform, and they said you are unable to do that. Even though I own, the, I have the Buckhorn oh, Cliffs really? as well. They said you, yeah, you can't. Even if I went and shut off the other one, uh, they said it's it'll be archived. I was like, it's it's mine. I can't have no. So Robbie Benson at 
uh, on Instagram and yeah, love to. Yeah. And the buckhorn. Yeah. yeah the, uh, guys for everybody listening. And, and obviously I'll put these all in the show notes for you guys, but like even the, the website buckhorncliffs.com, you could jump on and then like, he's got tons of products that are super handy. Everything from like a handbook of how to do a bunch of different knots to, stackable or foldable water storage products uh multi-purpose storage cases even uh i I love the vacuum sealer machine you've got on there that's a that's a really good one um yeah there's there's tons of stuff uh survival medicine handbook i I love this kind of stuff and so i i this might be something i'd I'd love to get you back on in the in the future to kind of get you know maybe dive a little bit deeper into some of those we kind of touched on a lot of stuff from a you know a a a bird's eye view and and maybe maybe we kind of get a little bit more of a micro skill view next time and and talk about some of these topics because it's for me it's really interesting uh and and i'm i've got a lot to learn from a guy like you uh we all do we all do (laughs) i just you know i'd love to learn how to dehydrate uh and i'd love to learn how to um do some of the things like, like I've got it in my mind, Rob, I don't know if it's even a good idea, but I'm, I've got this area on my property picked out where I'm going to go rent a backhoe and I'm going to dig out this giant root cellar. And I'm like, I, I, even if it's just me geeking out of playing with the, you know, I, I don't know. You have a lot of rocks there. No, uh, no, not really. You'll be able to dig in real nice. Yeah. I can, I can easily go 12 feet down. Uh, I have yeah. to, cause my, my tractor is, is, uh, it's a smaller one. I, I don't have a backhoe on it. I'm going to have to go rent one, but I, I don't know. It, it, would have a, it, is like a guy like me wasting my time doing a root cellar? No, no, I would do that in a heartbeat problem here. And I've got a, like, I've got a skid steer. It's the best thing I've ever invested oh, yeah. in it. Yeah. That's stupid a stupid expense. I got an old, got an old one. It was like, <laughs> you could get an older one or you could get a, a brand new tractor uh, but where we live with rocks and how everything is, a tractor would have never even remotely touched what I need to get done. So I, oh, up yeah, yeah, the, you know, expensive, but yeah. it's amazing. And I am on rock, it's just rock. So oh, I dang. would love to do that. So I'll probably have to do some dynamite, but I will, I will eventually do that. I couldn't, I couldn't recommend that more. I mean, that is the way that our ancestors kept their food over the winter. Yeah. When they have a, refrigerator and not even our ancestors or grandparents right. you know my, they, my they grandma had, had one yeah my grandma yeah, exactly in, in and she lived in town but she had this mm-hmm. this great big garden and all these fruit trees and everything ended up in that root cellar and uh yeah you know it's just a it's it's a great way to go so um yeah i i think so anyway guys everybody Good listening idea. Check it out, uh, buckhorncliffs.com. Again, that'll be in the show notes. And also, uh, seriously, it's a it's a powerful Instagram, at Robbie Benson. Um, and uh, that'll be in the show notes. If you guys don't know in the show notes, I, I had somebody ask, how do I get to the show notes? If it, it, The show notes are all that text where whatever platform you're listening on, like if you're listening to a- Apple, Apple uh, Podcasts or on Spotify, you're going to see a bunch of text. And I always do a little... Um, description of the episode and then i put the links in that are important then past that you could see all the sponsor links so that's where you can like find your hoffman boots or uh silencer central link and all, all that kind of stuff so um robbie this is this has been do you go by robbie or rob 
<laughs> I haven't gone by Robbie since I was a little boy, but uh, okay. I was just I, seated I on your... <laughs> anyone that doesn't actually know me in real life. They'll say, "Hey, Robbie," and I'm like, "Oh, you know me from Instagram." Okay, I was literally looking at it right when I said that, and I'm like, "Oh, no, it's fine." <laughs> so, it. Rob, yeah, I, I, I'm not kidding. This, this is this has been a great uh, discussion, great podcast. I think people are going they're going to get so much value out of this, and and just the information, especially if they follow you on Insta. Uh, it's it's just a wealth of information. So I appreciate you joining Thanks, me. Thanks, man. Stick yeah. on the line for just a minute. And uh, but uh, yeah, any closing thoughts you want anybody to know before we cut this off? No, I appreciate the time. All right, buddy. Thanks again, and let's let's do it again. Thank you. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.